0: So, you know what I've been thinking about, Justin? I have no idea. I, uh, I, I love that we do this show. This is our, our, our annual
1: uh, prediction show. What yeah. do you know? And we're, this is where we reveal the future before other people know it, and we're rarely, we're rarely wrong about anything.
0: Well, I have here the list of last year's predictions, and I have to tell you there were some that um, uh, I couldn't have predicted. I, there was no way. Uh, but oh, I,
1: I called the virus and I called it in January. I said, I said that we were going to have a lockdown in March. And then I, I think I said the stock market would crash and I know, uh, and then I said, buy Bitcoin and yeah, I called all of that.
0: It, it was, it was incredibly eerie and you're, you're completely <laughs> lying. Cause, but that said, <laughs> that said, well, there, except for that part about lying. There the were some the- predictions that actually did come true. And, uh, uh, we will, the number six is going to shock you. Mm. doctors hate this it, it and, shocked me yeah and we will tell you what that is right after we do our little intro ladies and gentlemen i'm andrew sturgeon and i'm justin womack we are the marketing geeks marketing geeks we're back we're back and uh after you know chilling in our, uh, our quarantine zone. I'm in full, full on quarantine here in the Netherlands. Full on, it's, uh, it's wild, man. So I have right here in my hand, uh, our predictions from last year. So we're gonna break this, this particular uh, show into two separate uh, segments. And the first segment is going to be where we talk about what we predicted and how absolutely incorrect we were on some levels, and where we were correct, uh, and and we've got we we've got your predictions for next year. What do you think of that?
1: I love it. Okay. I love it.
0: Nice, nice. Well, uh, without any further ado, I will. Uh, I want to start off uh, with the first thing that we predicted, which was uh, I don't know how 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 correct was this. Uh, we both predicted that there would be more use of AI
1: and less use toward Facebook? I would say that we were incorrect. I'm, I'm going to give a, a three Pinocchios on that one because Facebook is still being used a lot, and it yeah. got used a lot more because of the shutdowns, because of the, of the lockdowns. So I, I, think, uh, I think AI also is being implemented more, but it's more on the back end. We don't see it. So it's, it's not something we, we can really visually see, but obviously it's improving. And, you know, we only have a few more years until it's self-aware. Yeah. And maybe that was just wishful thinking on my part.
0: Uh, I thought that, uh, I thought that people would probably use less Facebook, but, uh, you know, uh, you, you actually predicted that, uh, that more enterprise, uh, companies would use Facebook and less small businesses and, and small businesses would move toward different platforms like TikTok uh, and other, other social platforms. What do you think of that,
1: that uh, particular prediction? Well, I think that's partially true. So I, I, from my experience here, yeah, enterprise level companies have moved more and more into Facebook. However, in the early pandemic stages, a lot of them also pulled back. So we saw, we saw a pretty big pullback in ad spend in from March till about July, I would say. And it was, which was cool because if you were running ads during that period, it was a lot cheaper for traffic. You could get a lot more traffic for less, for less dollars during that little window of time. It seems to have picked back up again now. And it, yeah, and small business owners, they've obviously the shutdown has forced a lot of business owners that never used anything online before to now kind of learn online marketing and, and start transitioning into online. But I would say that no. Not a lot of them are using TikTok for marketing quite yet. I would say that the majority of them probably don't even know what it is quite yet still. And Facebook still is the dominant advertising platform for both big and small business. But that's going to change because we're going to see what happens with the, uh, with the Pixel and how Apple and Facebook settle out their differences in courts and, and wherever else as we get through 2021. So, uh, yeah, so I would say that was mostly incorrect, but there, there's a little bit of truth there. Well, uh, one thing that is, and, and this is actually, uh, I'm going
0: to move into my prediction that will correct our, our lack of actually having a good prediction last year. And that is that uh, Apple, and because they're going to war with Facebook right now uh, over their advertising, uh, Apple, I believe, is positioning themselves to create their own network, their own advertising network. Uh, yes, it's only within say Apple users, not a lot of people outside of Apple use say Safari, but, uh, they definitely have enough dominance with Apple TV, with Apple, uh, products with, uh, their app store that they could probably have their own advertising network and shut out Facebook completely, which, uh, which I could see them doing
1: or make Facebook pay them to use it. So which Facebook probably wouldn't do, but they could, they could try to have like, hey, you want to use our advertising network. Great. We're going to take a cut off of everything that you, you know, we're going to take a percentage of everything that gets generated. What not, something like that, that could happen. Um, I also think that they could go the other way where Facebook starts developing cell phones or Facebook starts, you know, developing computers. I mean, I don't think so. Shock yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, paper. they're showing it out there or they could, maybe they buy, you know, a, um, a company that like they buy like a Dell company where they buy a company that already is doing like BlackBerry or something. I don't know, is that still a thing? I mean, but buy the, they could buy the shell of that company and then turn it into the Facebook phone, something like that. I don't know, I'm throwing a few, a few random ideas out there. But I mean, I think Facebook is realizing that they are needing Apple a lot. Apple doesn't need Facebook. I'd say Apple doesn't need Facebook as much as Facebook needs Apple. So it'll, it'll be interesting. But what was that? What was that last thing that you just said? Facebook needs Apple more than Apple needs Facebook. Okay, that's what I thought you
0: said. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see about that. I've I've uh, uh, I think that a lot of companies now are definitely rethinking their Facebook strategy. They're the only game in town right now, so uh, yes, they have to kind of play nice with with uh, with Facebook. But overall, I'm I'm. Uh, I don't know, man. I think, I think that, uh, those, those, it's still too early to, to tell any of that stuff. But, uh, but I do, I do feel though that because Facebook is getting much more competitive, uh, people are still using it cause it's effective, but there, there is a point where it's like, okay, 50% of the revenue that I'm getting from Facebook, I'm giving back to Facebook. And, uh, I think at some point people are going to get tired of that. So, you know i I have no I have no say over that, but you know Facebook did try and and have a Facebook phone uh, like in two thousand and six, and they they found out that they were far more effective to just put Facebook products on people's phones because they could still get the same amount of data,
1: so well, that was until Apple leveraged their app store and everything and now it now is changing the game. So. Facebook's kind of back at square one. So, I mean, I think it's it's realistic. They're they're not going to try to just start from scratch. They'd probably have to buy an existing company of some kind and build off that infrastructure. I I don't know what company that would be, Mm -hmm. Um, but they have to do something if they want to not get like not ruin their ads platform. Because with 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 Apple with Apple making that big demand, that that would completely transform the landscape Mm -hmm. of online advertising going into twenty twenty going into mid twenty twenty one, we'll say.
0: Yeah, and it, it would be really interesting if Facebook and Apple actually have a head to head battle. Like like you know, uh, like you know, they get up on the stage and Apple's like, "Yo, yo, yo, Facebook, what do you say? I've got advertisement, so you, yours can go away." And then like Facebook gets up there, Mark Zuckerberg with the mic, and he like
1: you know drops some rhymes. So Tim Cook versus Mark Zuckerberg in a celebrity boxing match.
0: Y- yeah, man, it'll be like uh, the Silicon Valley version of Eight Mile. I'm
1: so looking so looking forward to that. Oh man, I I would totally pay for that. Totally pay to watch.
0: What do you think of my rap, man? Was that was that awesome? It it was solid. It was. It's not bad. Not bad. You know, you can't say that my flow isn't bogus because
1: you're not you're not ready to take on Joe Rogan quite yet in a a rap battle. Not quite ready. Just watch. Yeah, we will. We're going to do it together. We're taking him on. Um, You better watch back, Joe Rogan. Coming for you. Here's 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 (laughs) here's my next two predictions. Not correct. Uh, I predicted
0: that it would that there would be some laws that would make it harder to track people and the death of cookies and personalization, uh, meaning that market segmenting would be a little tougher. So uh, nothing happened. You're You're a year early. That's all. I, I I I think that that will eventually happen, but I think it's still a few years out, and it's going to be a slow uh, a slow crawl. I think that, that uh, you know, definitely personalization, market segmenting, uh, getting as much data uh, for lead generation, you know, some of those same things uh, are going to matter. But I think that, that how people do it is going to change just a little bit um, because my next prediction was actually completely correct. Like I, this one I knocked out of the park and I, uh, I said that outside the box marketing mm. would come a thing. So outside the box marketing, meaning that you have to really think about different ways uh, of of marketing, the way that that uh, uh, people get clients, the, the way you do outreach, and this was really interesting because at the beginning of the year I have this huge client, right? And at the very beginning of the year, uh, I sat down with the entire team and we made this big marketing plan. And the way that it would work is, I would do some uh, generate some buzz around their big event. And then the big event would happen, and then we would do some kind of live stuff around the event, and then we would do like a follow-up movie around the event. But basically, most of the content that I was creating was going to be supporting the live events. Uh, and then, of course, that went out the window. So we had nothing, right? So what what I ended up doing was I, I created... Uh, like just live events. I just created them. I did interviews with people. I created, basically, I turned it more into a live streaming, uh, sort of revenue generating tool. So we did a lot of live streaming on, uh, on, on LinkedIn and on YouTube. And we did some advertising campaigns around the live events that we did and we made them really high quality. Uh, I started creating a podcast for them. So it was, you know, and then we had some other clients that, uh, that, we had to do similar sort of things. So, uh, and that was all outside the box. And because I took advantage of the sort of the fact that people were at home in front of their computers more, uh, then we ended up getting a lot more exposure than I think we would have if we had done these live events and trade shows and uh, things like that. So, outside the box marketing for 2021,
1: yes. You know, I, another another word for outside the box marketing is pivoting. And maybe you've heard that word once or twice in the year 2020 pivots. I think I did. So yes, I think you're right, Andros. A lot of businesses were forced to pivot uh, in the aftermath of the pandemic. And as I said earlier, a lot of companies that had like pretty much sworn up and down, they would never get online, uh, had a choice to make. It's either like you're Companies going to die, or you get online, and uh, a a lot of them did go online, and some of them have are no longer in business too.
0: Yeah, and that's that's you know I I I think that there were definitely some challenges that a lot of businesses had to make. Restaurants, especially, you know, they had to switch to takeout. Restaurants and travel. Yeah. Uh, However, I you know one of the things that and and I've talked about this on the show. One of my predictions. Moving forward in 2021 is that you're not going to send five executives to China to do a two-hour PowerPoint presentation anymore. Uh, I think that that uh, you know, in the early days of the internet, there were predictions that people would do a lot of telecommuting. There would be a lot of like work-at-home options. Never quite took off. I think that this is is tipping the scales uh,
1: to a whole new. Yeah, sort of I mean, play. I agree with you. And I think, I think the commercial real estate space in terms of, uh, office space is going to be transformed forever following this. Yeah. And I believe that a lot of your big office, um, companies are going to shrink down to a, like one boardroom, uh, office space. So they, they might continue to rent a boardroom and they'll just use that as needed for their big, you know, big quarterly meetings or whatnot. And they'll just pay to fly people in as needed but I think they will want to have that in-person option available. So I think they will want to keep a, uh, a much smaller commercial real estate space, but I don't, I don't see the, I think the age of cubicles and things like that is, is done for, um, at least 75% plus of companies. And the ones that are not, the ones that hang on are just, you know, they're they're dinosaurs hanging on to an old way of living.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, there was a, a whole, um, uh, kind of discussion around this with some of the the bigger companies. And I know that like Microsoft and Twitter and even Facebook, some of them just implemented policies that's like, well, if you want to work from home from now on, you can, right? Yeah. Uh, and because it's still going to take, what, another, you know, seven, eight months before the vaccines are rolled out. Plus you got all the people who are not going to take them. Uh, so, so we're going to be, you know, yes, it's 2021 vaccines are here, but there's still a lot to go, you know, a long way to go.
1: Yeah. And I heard, um, I think it was Bill Gates. I think he said that he would not anticipate anything that resembles normalcy till like second quarter, 2022, I believe he said. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's probably a more accurate timetable than what some people are, are saying, but we'll see. I have no idea really, because... Things move fast. Things change. I don't know what to expect. I don't know, you know, if travel will mandate the vaccine. I don't know what that looks like. I mean, it'll be that'll be kind of interesting to see if uh, if you see businesses mandating the vaccine or um, like airlines mandating it to fly or travel, uh, because then you're going to have that then you're going to have that class that clash between the vaxxers and the anti vaxxers that'll that'll hit mainstream. Uh, yeah, more even. I mean, it's already hit somewhat mainstream, but I don't think it's hit main mainstream. And that that could be an interesting clash. What does Bill Gates know? He wants to microchip my brain anyway. That's right. Yeah. He wants to microchip your brain. And I don't know why, but that's what he's doing. He's doing it. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) I'm not sure what the end game is. It's just, he's just doing it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So uh, your other prediction, the iPhone, the new iPhone would be a complete letdown.
1: That is accurate. (laughs) I don't even know what the new iPhone did. It uh, had a better camera. I don't know. Oh, okay. That's exciting,
0: yeah. No that that was really a thud. So, um, you know, so that happened.
1: Yeah, it, it, that seems to happen like every year now. I mean, it, it's like ever since Steve Jobs passed away, Tim Cook is a better executive. He's a better CEO, but he's not an innovator by any means. So you could see the innovation on in that company has been dying year after year after year ever since Steve Jobs died.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And 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 I actually said this last year, and I hold to it. Uh, Apple is now a phone company first, like that's their bread and butter and, you know,
1: whatever. I, I mean, I agree. You could, you could argue that the phone is really a computer, but, <laughs> but, uh, yes, their, their iPhone is their central product. I would, I would agree with that. The iPhone is what they're built around now. Not the, not the Mac or whatever they, whatever they have. I, uh, I predicted that deep fakes would dominate the election. I don't think they dominated it, but they definitely had a. They had an impact. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know. Speaking of, saying. real quick, hold on. Have you watched the uh, the South Park guys? They did this. They do this whole like TV show on on YouTube. Uh, what's it called? Yes, I sent that to you. Sassy Justice. Oh my Sassy god. Sassy Justice. Oh my god. It's so good. If if, uh, if it, is, it is so
0: good. For those of you who have not seen it, <laughs> the, the guys from South Park, they made a deep fake interview show. Uh, called Sassy Justice, and there's only one episode up there right now, right? It's only
1: no, they, they just two. There's one, and then they did like a, a half episode for a second one.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, they, yeah, it's it's uh it's unbelievably fantastic. But I, I, uh, I'm gonna announce it here, folks. Uh, it, you heard it here first. Uh, we have a guest coming up, and uh, did you see The Mandalorian with the big reveal of uh?
1: I, I saw the big reveal, but I didn't see any of the show, uh, oh, but I already know the big reveal. The big reveal got spoiled for me. So, so apparently this, the, the voice was used by this deep
0: fake technology that, uh, that can take a mapping of someone's voice and then you can just speak the lines and it will sound like that voice.
1: So you're saying the actor or actress that was revealed during the big reveal was not the voice of that actor or actress? During- it wasn't even the voice. It wasn't, ah. the, it wasn't the person. It wasn't the voice
0: uh, I have the CEO of that company, uh, on an upcoming show. So we, we, uh, they, they, uh, it's a fascinating technology. That's going to be a great show. So look for that in the next couple of weeks. Cause that is going to be off the hook. That was a cool. So you heard it here first. You didn't even know that, did you? That's- I
1: didn't even know that. No, I, that's news to me too. That's awesome. That's a good one. That's a solid one. You got there.
0: We we actually have a legitimate show now. People listen to it, and so we get. I know it's crazy. We can get real guests. It's like that was not my prediction. I never predicted that that people would actually listen to our voices.
1: I'm gonna throw out a prediction while I tell you a little like side uh segment here. So <laughs> Se- segue, uh, Clubhouse, the app, the social media app is is going to be absolutely huge for podcasters, and it's uh, it's an incredible app right now um they it, it just crossed a million users on i think it was the friday before christmas or the, i guess it was was christmas on a friday or was the it was like right around christmas day um they passed a, they passed a million users uh, but it's still limited to iOS only. So it, it's only available to iOS devices and it's only available uh, by invite still. However, those invites are exponentially growing in availability. So it's, it's almost open to the whole thing. But I mean, this is, it's such a cool platform because you have an opportunity to network with like pretty high level minds and high level individuals. And I've already met several people um, we had a we have a potential guest that we will likely bring on the show. Who is the son of a famous uh, doctor and author? I'll just leave it at that. And it's uh, yeah, I, I just think that is going to be an amazing thing. And I and I'm hoping that as it grows, we can leverage Clubhouse to do like Q and As with our you know with, with all seven of you. You could be right there in Clubhouse with us, and we can answer your questions live, like after an episode or something like that i think I think think the the interaction capabilities there it adds a new level to podcasting it's like it's like podcasting, but it's like two way it's like two way podcasting versus like you know one way where we're, we're just talking to you, we're not hearing the feedback we're not We're not able to have you talk back to us uh, live on the spot um, so I, I'm really excited to see what we can kind of create through that and how it works and plus, um, since I've been on there i've I've been on there for about three weeks now i've got I have like thirteen hundred followers now my they let you link your Instagram and your Twitter. And it's funny, my Instagram and Twitter followings have like grown like huge. I I just know that like our, even our podcast downloads have gone up um, pretty relatively noticeably just from being in so many of those rooms and people like kind of getting to know me and then listening to the show. So pretty cool. Well,
0: well you gotta, you gotta tell me next time you're trolling uh, in there because I will, I will uh, follow you around. Uh, Be your, be your wingman.
1: Uh, I I I don't have a troll profile yet. I got to create a troll profile too.
0: I uh, I have uh, uh, a prediction here. Uh, Cybersecurity will be a huge thing in 2021, and I was absolutely right about that. Uh, if you yeah. haven't heard about the, in fact, even more so, if you haven't heard about the SolarWinds hack that happened uh, against the U.S. government, uh, yeah. That was, it's, uh, that was pretty
1: crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so if, if, you, if those of you who don't know, there's like a piece of software that's kind of the backbone of a lot of the secret parts of the U.S. government. And uh, somebody had an administrator password that they used that was like SolarWinds123. And uh, it was just like left open for a very long time. And apparently, uh, yeah, people got in and that's what happens. So, Weird. Uh, password your shit,
1: people. And don't click on phishing emails. They're not that hard to detect.
0: (laughs) I, I, okay, remember this is uh, the next, the next, I'm going to play a clip from uh, January 6th. So you know it's real. Yeah. This is January 6th, 2020. You can, you can go listen to the show uh, on the Marketing Geeks podcast at the 43 minute mark, two, actually, two minutes and 31 seconds. Uh, I say the following here it goes. I do think that uh, there will be a global economic slowdown. I think that the U.S. economy will still stay pretty solid. Um, but I, I think that, uh, uh, that things are going to move more towards automation. So we're going to see more stores without people. And, uh, and the job market is going to be a little tougher. Um, and then when it comes to the election, which is the big elephant in the room, right? I, I do believe that uh, no matter what happens, Donald Trump will refuse to step down. He will not leave the post. And uh, even if it's clear that he didn't win, even if it's if he gets impeached, I do not see him leaving uh, peacefully unless his nail marks are in uh, the, the the desk of the Oval Office. Okay, so 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 I said that there would be a global slowdown. That you'd see less people in stores and that Donald Trump would not leave the Oval Office uh, unless there were nail marks on the, uh, on the desk and he would not concede for any reason whatsoever. So uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, was the uh, big prediction. Yes, I was, I was completely correct on that one.
1: Nailed it. So what do you think about Chris Bell now? Well, I didn't, I didn't hear like, I couldn't hear any of that. Cause you were playing it through like, you you know, you're ex- externally playing it for the audience here. I couldn't hear what you were saying. So I'm not even sure that's true that you said all that. Uh, it's probably just deep, fake technology. Now you're hanging out with that guy that created deep, fake technology. I mean, that's a coincidental friendship, huh? Yeah.
0: Well, you know what? It uh, <laughs> it definitely could be that I'm a deep fake right now.
1: Could be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At least, uh, you know, uh, ask, ask my wife, there's a lot of deep faking <laughs> going on, but I won't get into that. That's, personal love life stuff. Uh, So uh, finally, we talked about, uh, this was very interesting. We talked about the global box office. Mm. And uh, again, I am going to play a tiny uh, clip, but in short, since you can't hear it, uh, my dear friend, uh, we, we talked about the rise of the movie, uh, the movies that were coming out, and most of those never made it. So here here's here's that clip.
1: Now, I, I hate these movies, but I think the top earner of 2020 is gonna be the Fast and the Furious Nine. Oh, absolutely. But the the dark horse that I'd like to see become the number one earner in 2020 would be the movie Tenet, with uh which is Christopher Nolan's movie, which uh, I don't really even know what that's about, but so I think uh, if the reviews come in positive and everybody rallies behind it, it's got a chance, but that's the dark horse. So I'd I'd like to see an actual good movie do well in 2020 and be the top and the earner in the box office.
0: Yeah. So you said, you said that you thought that that tenant would be one of the top earners. It kind of was, but you said you want to see a good movie this year. How many
1: movies have you seen this year? How many movie? I, I think I've seen. Like new movies, probably five, like for the entire year, I was, I'm I'm thinking like five to 10 tops and five that are like sticking out to me. I could probably name five off the top of my head. It's possible. I've seen 10. Um, I just saw Tenet last weekend. So I just finally saw it because it didn't really, it never played in a theater that was accessible to me. Um, we had one theater reopen, and it was open for a limited time. And it was our art house theater right near my house that played, uh, you know, random artsy films. But we had we did not get tenants. I wouldn't have wanted to see tenant there anyway. If I'm going to see tenant, I want to see an IMAX. Uh, if I'm going to see it in theaters, but uh, you know, Tenet was whatever. It was it was uh, kind of Chris. No, it was very Chris Nolan esque. You know, you could tell just by his style. You could tell he directed the film. It's competent. It's entertaining. It's a little overly convoluted that doesn't or and not it didn't need to be as convoluted as it is for some of the parts that they could still make sense without having to like make it that way they could have they could have dumbed it down i think in some areas um i mean i was still able to follow it fine but i just feel like they were just they really like tried to make things overly convoluted for some reason Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a MacGuffin uh, device. It was like basically, let's. We have
0: to go to this place and get this (laughs) thing, and then they uh, they chase after the thing, and then they get there, and it's like now we have to get this other thing. There's like a great Rubik's cube kind of thing. I I feel like I feel like he had like some concept, and he was like, "Wouldn't it be cool if like things were going backwards and forwards at the same time?" And then and you breathe inverted air. Well, and then everything else was just it was just like just window dressing to on this for this idea
1: the way I look at it is, and this is somewhat a spoiler i'm not going to give specific spoilers but the concept wise it's going to spoil something so if you don't want to hear that maybe tune out for a second um once i saw it like you watch one scene and then you watch it again as he goes back in time and like has like for instance he has a fist fight with himself at one point um once i knew the rules to time travel it was like okay like everything that like every interaction with like people from the future is probably a character we know now and it's you know it just kind of and then they they did like a flashback scene where with some that one lady like and i instantly knew that that was going to be herself she watched herself kind of jump off the thing and it reminded me of 12 monkeys when in 12 monkeys he kept having that recurring nightmare recurring memory of like Everything was predetermined.
0: It, it, it yeah.
1: uh, anyway, you know, and also, I, 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 uh, but it was funny because I predicted
0: that Eternals would be the big movie that would uh, dominate the box office this year. You might
1: have been right. You might have been right still. Well,
0: anyway, it's, it's, uh, it, it was, it was an
1: absolute crazy year. So, you know, what's really, really interesting is Disney, we, we talked about, um, in the part one of last year's end of the year, we talked about Disney Plus and we talked about how, like, they didn't really have a lot of shows that would launch. Uh, but now we're at, Q1 2021 and they still haven't released any new they released like Mandalorian season two, which I haven't watched any of. Um, but they like there's been no Marvel shows. Actually, this is the year of zero Marvel. 2020 was the year of zero Marvel. Can you believe that? Think about it. Zero the question, Marvel. The question did anyone miss it? Uh, I mean, not I mean, not really, because it, be even we're gonna get it really soon yeah. and we're gonna get over, we're gonna catch up real quick. So I, mean, I like Marvel, but yeah, I'm, I'm fine you know, taking a year off. Well, here's,
0: here, was my, here was my final prediction as far as the movies go. And I believe this, again, I knocked this out of the park. Uh, I predicted that the uh, movie industry, this would be the, the real last year that people would be ever interested in movies. And then after this, everything's going to go to streaming. And in fact, I was completely right about that because Disney uh, said that they're going to focus solely on streaming now. And, uh, and it's, you know, and the, the pandemic it's, it's making a lot of things shift, but the one thing I truly lament besides of course, the loss of life and, you know, the people who have long, uh, haul COVID, but, uh, and, and the rise of, of Q, which, uh, I, I certainly do not get, but, uh, but the thing that I really lament is the, 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 the death of the movie theater. And I think that, that, that is something that we will, uh, my son who's six will tell his children, we used to go to movies and this is what the experience was like. And, uh, it's almost like talking about going to vaudeville, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, I, I
1: think, I still think that there theaters will change forever. I, I think that there might be a place for IMAX and big theatrical experience locations. I think your general movie theater um, is gone, is done. Like you, you're not, there, there might still be a place only for the big, big, big screen. Like you're telling your 10 story IMAX screen was super, you know, top of the line sound. You you could probably still sell tickets to that and still make that profitable um, because I think there is an audience for that. But, but you're right. I'm not even sure. I'm not sure there is though. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent confident. There is an audience for that. If, if theaters do, find a second life at all. It's going to be a much more experiential type of thing. So it's going to require like, again, IMAX, it's going to require, um, like big gigantic screen experience, possibly like more advanced 3d technology, possibly moving seats, possibly, you know, more of the theater. Ah, I hate moving
0: seats. They got those out here, man. It's like somebody sitting behind you, just kicking your yeah. seat. I'm not, a big,
1: I'm not a big fan of it either.
0: Yeah, so. It's all, it's all gimmick. And I, I think, you know, the one thing that you said, uh, in, in that clip, which, which I, I totally get behind is people are just hungry for good movies, you know, and it doesn't matter if your effects are awesome. And if you don't no. have a good story, uh, and, and, and to be honest, there's a lot of crap out there. There's so much crap next week. We're going to do our, uh, annual media rundown of all the media that we liked.
1: But before we, uh, wrap the show real, up, real, real quick, I was looking at some of the box office for 2020, yeah. And like Tenet made around in the U.S. made like 47 million or something total in the U.S. It did it did much better overseas. Um, but like some of the reboot, like the, the movies that got re-released that had been just sitting on the shelves for years and years ended up making like five or 10 million just by putting them back on the theaters. Hmm. And it's, just a, it's just like a testament of like, wow, we, uh, <laughs> we made $47 million on a movie that cost us like probably 200 million to make. Uh, or we could just repackage a movie that we've already had and just re resell it. And so I think we're going to see a lot more of that um, happening with with people like reviving these movies that have been on the shelves forever and putting them back in theaters because Hollywood doesn't want to spend money and they uh, they want to make money. So that's, that's some, well, easy some easy well, bucks for we it. Right and,
0: and that's one thing that The Mandalorian has definitely done is it's shown that. Uh, uh, that you can do small-scale entertainment and, and make it,
1: you know, profitable. Maybe. Uh, I, I stopped watching The Mandalorian after episode one, season one, because I can't stand that they made a show to sell a toy. The, the show was made to sell Baby Yoda toys. You cannot tell me that's not true. It was made to sell Baby Yoda. and I was you, you didn't predict that, did you? I, I told you. I, I, as soon as I saw Baby Yoda, that was it. I'm done. I'm not watching it. <laughs> so uh the okay. show so you could sell more toys so you know? so
0: let's let's uh, <laughs> let's get to the to the to the actual predictions what do you predict what do you predict in marketing
1: twenty twenty one what what I, I, I predict the rise of the hybrid event so uh and actually the hybrid event might even be two years off, but we're going to see no. much much more high production on our on live uh virtual events, so mm-hmm. the virtual events that are just zoom and nothing else are not going to be, the, I mean, that, that'll be like, you know, basic table stakes. That, that'll be the bottom of the line. That's the bottom acceptability. Uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of these events that are really integrating new technology to make for a much more immersive virtual experience. There's going to be uh, new creative ways to get the audience members to engage with each other and engage with the speakers and more gamification brought in um to to really get people to attend these things because I, I found that as a problem for myself is I would get a ticket to a virtual event and I would sit in for one session and then I get distracted really easy because if I'm at the actual event location, you know, there's I, I I will sit there and watch the entire thing. But when I'm at home and there's a million distractions around me, it's a lot harder for me to stay focused. So they Um, so they're finding creative ways to, to boost the engagement and keep the audience, uh, going. So I I see that being a big, big trend for 2021, especially in uh, my industry, since that's what I deal with a lot of, uh, so the rise of virtual events and the, uh, what will eventually become hybrid events where it'll be treated, I think virtual will, all events will be treated virtual first going forward. And then there will also be a place for live studio audience members, uh, that want to be there too, to, to kind of make, uh, make it a more VIP level experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I totally agree. I actually think that the, the hybrid events are going to be, uh, I think they're already rising. I mean, it's, but you're right. The, the quality of them has to be like super dope. And, yeah. uh, because yes, people are tuning in more, but a lot more easily distracted. Uh, so I, I, uh, I don't know. I do think though that, that, uh, more developing audiences will, will continue to be a thing. Um, you know, now it's still, you know, my prediction with Facebook was wrong last year, but I still think that it's going to start losing a lot of people now that after this election, they're, you know, they're shutting down certain groups that were spreading misinformation. Uh, those particular people that want that information have gone to other platforms. I don't think those platforms you know, which are their, just their own echo chambers are going to be, uh, very profitable. And, and because part of the whole idea is to like go to war with somebody and argue with somebody online. And if you have a bunch of, you know, boneheads who are like just circle jerking their own boneheaded ideas, uh, you know, what, what do you, what do you go for that from that?
1: I mean, you know, it's, it's not as easy as just filling an app with uh, an audience and then becoming profitable instantly. Like Zuckerberg and his team created a pretty damn impressive algorithm and uh, an impressive ads pl- ads network that makes it work. So it's pretty. It, what they have over there is is one of the most advanced advertising platforms that's ever been assembled. Yeah. It's not, it's not as easy as just like, you know... <laughs> If you've checked out any of these like alternative apps that have come out recently, most of them are crap. Like, I mean, as far as functionality goes, I'm not even talking about the audiences. I'm talking about just the function. They're like really bad. They're like low level. They're low level rip offs of the sure. program that they're bringing people off of. And yeah, so I don't see those even lasting. I think this is just like a little uh, blip that they'll they'll exist for a little bit and they'll everyone will forget about them and leave them. And uh, what'll be interesting is to kind of, yeah, see what happens with Facebook. Now, the government is currently still in a antitrust case with Facebook where they're seeking to break up Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram. Everything and there's cases read, here in Europe too. Everything I've read, though, suggests that that won't happen. I mean, there might be huge fines levied, but everything I've read suggests that they they will fail in breaking up the three companies. Now, I that doesn't mean it won't happen. It just means that that's what I've been hearing in the articles I've been reading, are that like most of the... Uh, projections from other lawyers and things like that suggest that the U S doesn't have enough to break them up as a monopoly. Um, but I could be wrong. So we'll, we'll see. Cause if they did, that would be, that would be a complete game changer for the world of social media at large, if they were to break yeah. them. Up.
0: Well, and that's the fine line because you, 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 you know, I mean, like for instance, Google, I think one solution for Google would be, uh, break them up by making their search, uh, a nonprofit and have the code open to, you know, m- make it more open source. And then uh, they can own their advertising company, but then, you know, we know they're not gaming their search to help their advertising. Uh, but uh, uh, lightning round, here we go. I've got, I've got a couple of big predictions. This is my predictions. Good. Good. Uh, I, I predict that uh, when Donald Trump steps down, this is this is my my Donald Trump prediction. When Donald Trump finally does step down, he's going to act like he is a president in exile. So basically, he will start running, trying to run the country from Mar-a-Lago as the rightful president. Hmm. And uh, I think that at that point, uh, he will basically be kind of like he was like during the Obama years, where he's. Like on the sidelines, Monday morning quarterbacking, telling how he would never allow this stuff. Uh, however, I do think that there are a crap load of cases that are going to just hit a lot of the the, the people in the organization and him personally. And I, I think that it's going to get pretty ugly. Uh, I also don't see the rise of white supremacy going away at all. So,
1: yeah. I think um, so number one, I believe that the state of New York will indict Donald Trump um, not to not putting any implications on that. I just think it's going to happen. Uh, every all the evidence suggests to me that they are building a case, they are hiring top level tax forensic uh, people over there, and they are ready to indict him possibly as soon as january twenty first more probably at the end of quarter 1 2021 so probably in the next 3 months i believe he will be indicted by the state of new york i don't know that he'll get convicted i don't know what that looks like but um it, it's going to create a very uh, it'll create a lot of backlash among the base i can guarantee that and there's going to be it's going to be a lot of uh, tense friction there and then there's also like the concept if he were to get indicted and convicted technically the secret service would have to accompany him to a prison. That That's like, there's some weird stuff that would happen if that were to happen. Uh, so it'd be, it'd it's be so you know, you have secret service for the rest of your life as a president. Yeah. So it's, there's a lot of like never happened before kind of scenarios that get mixed in there. Uh, so it's, Interesting. I, I was I was joking with my buddy. I'm like, maybe Trump will pardon Snowden so that he could take over his apartment, and then they'll switch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we, we're definitely going into uh, uncharted territory, but I, I think uh, that we're 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 going to be looking at more of the same for at least the the next six months. More lockdowns, more. But as the vaccine rolls out, uh, you know, some people won't take it. Some people are going to try and forge their documents. Uh, I I after long. Uh, I went back and forth over it, and I actually know a guy who runs a uh, a tech startup that sequences uh, DNA. and uh, he uh, he knows all about this stuff. He said that the 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 vaccine is actually safe. It's been around for a while. The reason that they were able to get it going so fast is because a lot of the information that they use for the uh, coronavirus is uh, goes way back because the, the common cold is a coronavirus but, uh, nobody made a vaccine for it because there was no point. So, uh, I, I think that the, the vaccine is safe. If, if it, it it kills a bunch of people, well, uh, you know, that, that would be bad for the economy. So, you know, I'm
1: not going to jump to take it. I will tell you that I'm not going to, I, I not, I most likely will eventually end up taking it. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't like to take version one of anything unless it's Neuralink, because I would, I would let, I would let Elon Musk install version one of Neuralink directly into my brain. Elon, if you're listening. Anyway, weird times
0: ahead, man. But uh, I will say this Uh, in 2021, we will uh, have joy and we'll have fun and we'll have seasons in the sun. And uh, then somebody will leave a cake out in the rain and it will be, uh, I don't know if I could take it because it took so long to bake it, and I will never, ever have the recipe again. It's It's beautiful. beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the Marketing Geeks, and uh, please go on LinkedIn, look up the Marketing Geeks podcast, follow us, because if you do, then you'll see when we have our new guests. We're going to definitely have a bit more interaction. We're slowly building this thing up. We're doing more live streams this year. And, and if, you're uh,
1: Clubhouse, if you're on Clubhouse, you can follow me at Justin Womack. And what, what are you, Andros just joined today. What's your, what's your handle? Andros. At Andros, A-N-D-R-O-S. So at Andros and at Justin Womack. The Marketing Geeks are on Clubhouse. Make sure you follow us. And click the bell icon so you never miss when we go live.
0: Yes. And uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We are the Marketing Geeks, and we are out. Stay classy. Marketing geeks, come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. I'm Joe and Justin won't back. The fun will never end. It's marketing geeks. Marketing geeks.